This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Uh, 
I'd like to, uh, I, I owe this yeshiva an extraordinarily accurate hope. Well, we have, we've had many fine Talmudim over the years coming, going, but the great Akarzatov is um, a grandson of mine, a a a, a bracha from yeshiva, who had learned in yeshiva and got a start really over here, had become my grandson a year and a half ago by marriage, and it is he's a great treasure. Baruch Hashem, he's sitting learning in yeshiva by Smadik Gedola Ma'od, and uh, you know we 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 owe it, we owe so much to the yeshiva here, uh, you know. He, his fire was lit here, and it and it's been growing strong ever since. So yeah, to you to, for, for such a wonderful gem, Baruch Hashem. So. His picture is still on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he looks the same, but just more so. <laughs> since many of the guys here in Yeshiva are learning Sichos Musa before Shachris, and we know that that the Rosh Hashiva learned under the author of Sifat Musa. Can the Rosh Hashiva share his memories of Rav Chaim Shmuel Levitt? Rav Chaim was an extraordinary person in many ways, but I would say besides being extraordinary in particular areas, some of the areas that he was extraordinary were almost in total contradiction to each other. And I, I want to pick on one thing he spoke to his Musa. His, as, a, as a young man and as a Rosh Hashiva, his Hasmada was otherworldly. He could, you know, when I knew him already, he wasn't so well. He was, he was older, he was hot. But in, when he was in Yeshivas and way past it, he, he could learn two days in a row without sleeping and, and, and going on nothing completely oblivious to the world around him. And he, um, he, he could quote, I mean, he could quote almost anything about Pet. He would try to hide it, so he would never quote the Shir, he would ask for a Gemara, for a Sefer, but if it wasn't around, or if they brought the wrong one, he would open up and he would quote whatever he wanted to quote. He, he was, you know, he, he, he was really extraordinary. <coughs> These are types of people who tend not to have developed emotions and not to be sensitive to other people, we tend to associate a, a, a sort of a brainy person, a cerebral person, as being removed from any type of feelings. Rav Chaim Shmolevitz's feelings were so powerful and so deep, and it wasn't that he was an emotional person, just. It wasn't that some people that, you know, they start crying right away and, and they're just kind of very, I call that sentimental. But it was a very deep understanding of people. I want to give you just an example. He spoke, it was at my house, my house was in Yeshiva Friday night. I, w- I got married Friday afternoon and, and the students were in Yeshiva and he spoke. And he said over a story, he had a brother-in-law who was an Avardic. His own grandfather was the Alta Navardic, and he had a brother-in-law who was an Avardic. Navardic was a part of the Muslim movement, one of the three main branches. It was a fascinating, powerful movement. It's not, it doesn't exist anymore, but they worked very hard on zero Olam Hazer, and total reliance on Kaddish Baruch total bitachet. And it was part of the Shiva curriculum to do things that would, you go to a forest without any food, and a Kaddish Baruch would supply it for you. 
extreme things. Things are very extreme. So he says over, he, he told his brother-in-law, he had married his sister, was in the big Nevarticus. And his boy was eight years old, and he hadn't gotten his first pair of shoes yet. Um, in Europe, shoes were sort of something you could afford when you got older. And I'm trying to think of the equivalent. Today we, we, we get everything whenever we want it. But a, I was trying to say a bike, but I don't think people know what it means to wait for a bike. So just, uh, this was, he was eight, and he still didn't have shoes, and now is the time to get a pair of shoes. In, in terms, in, 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 in those days, in Poland, Russia, a pair of shoes for a child was a dream. And his father is taking him, his only child, by his hand, to the town to buy a pair of shoes. And, the, and Rebchaim described the child skipping with joy, and the father feeling that simcha of the child. Now, the father did not have a nickel in his pocket. And Reb Chaim said, how could he face the disappointment of his child? When they walk into the store, he tries on a pair of shoes, and then the, and then the guy tells him, you don't have money, out. How, how can a person do that? And he said, the only way a person can do that is if he knows 100% that there's a pair of shoes waiting for the child there, no matter what. So the end of the story is for somehow it worked out. But Reb Chaim's ability to sense a child's joy and a disappointment for it not happening, and that the father needed to see Bitochen, not as an idea, but as a reality, that was incredible. His, his ability to, to, to live it, feel it, and to project it. So, so if something stands out like the learning Sechus Musa, here was a person who was totally cerebral in one side. He was shakur learning, but his ability to understand people and to understand them emotionally and understand how they felt and how they lived and, 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 and how their heart beat was an incredible mizuk, an incredible um, synergy between two almost opposite kokos and efesh. That's, that's something I wanted to share as, as a memory, as, as, as something about them. I'm For a boy seeking to grow in his avodah Hashem, which homeworks, which stringencies are appropriate to take on, and which are better to keep away from? So, um, there's, there's, um, the Chesidish Maisa, I guess, Rabbi Tolly Rapshitzer was one of the big Chesidish Rebbes. And he would watch his Chesidim dance. He would look at their feet and watch them dance. And he would comment, wow, this person is lifting himself up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and then he would look at another chassid dancing at his, at his feet, and he would say, "And this person is ruining a perfectly good pair of shoes." In other words, when we come to halacha, whether we feel like it, we don't feel like it, what you have to do, you have to do. Chumras hidu mitzvah are meant to be expressions of a deeper sense of things. What is your motivation when a person is doing a chumrah, a hidra, and so on? 
it's very hard to look into yourself and ask yourself, what's driving me? A Rebbe who understands you and knows where you want to get to is extremely helpful. For one boy, pushing yourself to learn another hour is amazing. It's, it's, it's what begins the process of becoming Ventura. For another person, it will make you irritable, it'll make you sick of the whole learning, and so on. It's very hard internally to tell. For some people, a Chumr is an expression of Yerushimayim. For another person, he's trying to show off. For a third person, he's OCD. So getting the sense of what's Chumrus and Edurim need to be motivated by something. And, and we are the least good judge of what's motivating us. I always start talking about the, the Amshad of Rebbe's davening and learning is just otherworldly. And I would go occasionally, I don't have a chance anymore, I would go Hanukkah, I'd go times, and I'd be in awe. I would see a person who's a Malach. If I saw a friend of mine doing that, I would send him for help, real quick. It's, what's, what's the difference? Is it right or is it wrong? Well, halacha is right for everybody. Beyond halacha, it depends on the person and the mindset. So having a guide, a mentor, who is a baradas, understands you, and, and wants you to grow, is, 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 a, is a necessity for, for going forward with that. What is the significance of wearing black hats? Should I wear one? Let's say I want to, but my parents don't want me to. Um, so, <laughs> when I was growing up, it was very yeshivish that comes Pesach, you'd put on a, a, a gray straw hat. That was black hat from, from, for the winter, gray straw hat. As the pictures are of David Feinstein's kind of Rache, um, uh, most of them are with a straw hat. I, that's sort of a dark gray. I, I remember that, and I don't think it changed. I think if, if at 80 he was doing it, I assume at 90 he was doing it. I don't think that changed much. Didn't do true for over the last years. Clothing, so there are certain, the idea of a Begad Elyon, the idea of a, of a larger type of hat, has a Mokram and Halacha. But the, the quote-unquote uniform of whatever group it is, whether a Siddhisha group has their way of Lavush, uh, a Lithashiva has their way, uh, a, a, a more Dafilumi has their type of Lavush, it has twofold. It's an expression of certain feelings and ideas, and it's a marker of what your identity is. So, and it's right. If I belong, if my place is Mir Yeshiva, so I should dress like Mir Yeshiva people do. If I belong in, in Dalza Shtibel, I should dress the way a Dalza person dresses. That's appropriate. The question comes about whether, what do I do when it's, when it's a difficulty? I want to present a story to two people and put them placed side by side between someone who got it and someone who didn't get it. There was a fellow, he'd come from a weaker background, from a weaker background, come to yeshiva, become fully absorbed. He had a certain streak of being super eager to be like everyone. Many years later, he's married, he's still like a sort of a major something, so on and so forth. A person who's a brother who got married. His brother was either yes from or not from or barely from, I don't know exactly the story, but he, he said that the, the, the mechutanim of his 
have a very low tolerance for black hats, and they want everybody at the Hasna not to wear a black hat, not to wear a hat. He said, no way, he doesn't want me, I'm not coming to Hasna, and that's it. And, and, you know, and, and he blurted out, like, what happens if someone takes a picture of me? Like, like that came out of his mouth. So on and so forth, no way, no way, this and so forth. I don't know what the end was, it was a big blow-up. Picture two. Somebody who came from a bit of a weaker background, had become absorbed in yeshivas, was very happy with himself, very confident, became a super yeshiva man, tremendous masmid, looks the part and fits the part. His brother also was barely in the fold, kind of. He got married. Their mukhutanim said that they want everyone to wear a tuxedo. This boy's father, who tends to be more yeshivish, was, didn't know how to approach it to his son. His son lives in Lakewood, and he's in a, in a very serious environment. And he broached it to him, and his son said, okay. And he was kind of stunned. And he asked him, ha, ha, like, had you come to, to grips with it? And he said, the same Rebbeinah Shalom that tells me to wear a hat and a jacket in the base medrash, tells me to wear a tuxedo so that my brother is comfortable and I can keep the relationship with the Mashpia. It's the same Rebbeinah Shalom. That's the difference. So, identifying with a group is normal, it's natural, it's mechazic, so a person who wears a chesidish bush will act chesidish, a person who wears a will act chesidish, and so on. But knowing and understanding when and where to make an issue of it is, again, dealing, talking to somebody, there's a lot of emotions tied in, because we're people, and our parents don't want us to be the way we are, do want us to be the way we are, just besides the hat, there's a lot more going on in the head. There's a lot more issue. Having somebody help you sort it out and, and working it through with you is also very important. But understand, Levush is, is a, an appropriate thing. It, 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 it has mileage, but at the end of the day, you have to weigh it with other things. I recently learned that I can't go to a mixed beach, Tafi <laughs> My parents are going to be... <laughs> My parents are going to be extremely upset with me if I don't come with them. What should I do? How should I explain myself? Um, so, in... in so, let's go slowly. In halacha... What you can't, you can't. Some things are preferable, and some things um, there might be shachachak. So family peace allows for going with shachachak. A mixed speech, the way I understand it, is aser. And unless you find someone who... So on, on things that you can't, you can't. And you have to find the posik that directs you, a person that you feel understands your situation and, and, and is comfortable. And if the answer is no, you have to be able to say no. But what's important is you, you need to learn to be able to take a lot of flack and not respond with vitriol. Your parents are your parents, and they don't understand. They go from a different world. They go from a world where everybody went to a mixed speech, and you've all of a sudden flipped out. You need to be able to hold your own. It, it, the, the, the fact that you're getting unfair flack still doesn't give you the right, nor is it wise, to respond that way. 
if you if you come back at them and say you think you're Shomer Mitzvahs but you don't know what you're doing, I assure you it's the beginning of World War Three, and you're wrong, and you started it. Does it mean you have to absorb the abuse? The answer is yes. Part of life is sometimes we're able to absorb the issues and and be able to um, respond rightfully. If your parents see in you that you have a quiet confidence and strength, and you are who you are, not as a result of an emotional high pitch, and and you you have a confidence and an inner strength. In time, they'll respect you. They'll be okay with you. It means you have to bend the other way. That when things are, um, that when things when you need to to, to pitch in, when you need to go the extra mile, you do it. Your response, your your ability to interact, those are all things that you're obligated to do, and in the end, will make the relationship good. Yes, there'll be a rocky point because they don't understand it. They don't get it. They don't have that sensitivity to this talak. They don't understand it. But if your if your reactions and and your actions show dignity, inner strength, and 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 it, it, it seem to be coming from a mature and rational place, then Hashem, things will fall into place. They'll, they may or may not come to understanding, but they'll understand that who you are is an adult. Not not a teenager with another mishagas. How would Rashid explain the prohibition of going to a mixed beach to, to the I, I would stay away from a pro. I would stay away from taimia mitzvahs. I would say, you know, why chazer is prohibited? We have no idea, but it's awesome. <coughs> why shat is prohibited? We don't know. Halacha says you can't go bathe men and women together. I don't need to know why, it, because. I, I feel sometimes getting into reasons becomes a whole ASIC. Um, if, if, you know, because the conversation will go like this, because I have bad thoughts about them. Yeah, because you're so removed from life. If you have a healthy, natural relationship with, with, with women, you don't have to, you know, it'll, it becomes a whole balagan. We don't, Torah does not need to explain itself. As long as we can determine halakha is clear. So you can ask your parents why can't you eat kosher? What do you what do you tell your coworker when you can't eat non-kosher food, even if somebody's hurt? I made a whole meal for you, sir, and and now you tell me you can't eat it. This one's the Torah should say. I don't know that halacha is like that. You can't wear a suit because it has a thread of flax in it. Does it make any sense? Not to us, but that's what it is. You could say, you know what? If we start asking questions, then then unravels. Halacha unravels. We need to determine what's the right stuff. <coughs> and if that's the right stuff, we, we, we need to go with it. My parents don't understand why the Isra of Kol Isha is not discriminatory. Um, well, th- the reason why it's not discriminatory is because we believe women are attractive. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an Isra to look at women not dressed in stick. There is no is there are men that are not just theistic. And, and the reason is because women are naturally attractive and a coalition is attractive. Women singers uh, uh, sing beautifully. And you, and you could say that. You could say it's, it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's wrong for them to sing. It's, it's, it's a sing. It means that it's naturally attractive to a man and keeping our sense of kudusha is appropriate. But it's... Uh, should my vision to be 
to live in Eretz Yisrael, or can I be just as good a Jew living in Woodmere? Is making Aliyah mitzvah? What if it will be more challenging raising children or belonging to a community in Eretz Yisrael? Um, so, so look, there are a few points to this. There's a certain, in, in, in what we call about different drachim in, our, in, 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 our, in Torah, what does different derech mean? Is it halachically right or wrong? What does different derech mean? How do we describe drachim? So, the way I would describe it is, the Gemara says that, you know, Bochavakuk Vamidon al Achas. Chavakuk took all of Torah and he had it stand on one Nakuda. Now, it doesn't mean there's only one mitzvah, but I, my mental picture is where do I arrange the different parts of the mitzvah, of the mitzvahs? How do I arrange it? What's the big picture? The nafkemina is when, always, I can do one mitzvah with tremendous hidur and one mitzvah I can be yotzi. How do I pick and choose? I once said, if you, listen, if you go to all the chazal, getting up at, at, at before chatzayis to be mekayin and beis hamikdash, shacharach brings. Learning before alayis is a very important Indian before davening. Davening was seeing is very important. Sleeping during the day, not supposed to. Sleeping at night, not supposed to, because kisser shalter is at night. So when do you sleep? The answer is, you're going to pick one chazal that's your hidur, and the other ones, there's no iser and you do it. So the different drachim in Yiddishkeit are founded on how to put the picture together. So there is a derech that learning is the be-it-all. And the hemidon al-achas is learning. Do whatever you can to sit as long as you can and learn in kolo, and everything else fit around. Why going to work is not a chathchila. But we have no choice. This is not a but, but you put you put around. Have a choice of davening in a very strong minion and missing part of Seder, or, or vice versa. We, so we, we set the picture around it. There are some movements, some drachim, where davening and his livus, emotional livus, is, is, is the hamir al-lachas. And therefore the pieces fit around that. There is a derech where Eretz Yisrael, living in Eretz Yisrael, building Eretz Yisrael, that's the hamir al-lachas, and everything else fits around that. So if a person's derech, if through his rebellion, and the place where he feels he belongs is that derech, that's one type of decision. So just like this person will do a lot of the evits to sit and call and learn, for someone where living that Yisrael is the center point, then, then you fit everything around that. So the first question is um, the, 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 um, finding where you are. What is your picture? How do you arrange all the pieces? And, and that's going to be a very important part of it. The next part of it is, whatever, whether you're talking about learning kolel or davening with slivus or living that Yisrael, you can't, you can't make life decisions based solely on emotion. Because they're realities. Parnasa, chinuch, fitting in. And, and, and a person can't just throw caution to the winds. In, in all. So first you go to kolel, and I have no idea if I don't care at all, that's irresponsible. If a person is alive and dabbing that, but, but this is missing, that's missing, there needs to be also a psychological process of am I leaving out pieces? So when a person makes a decision in all of the above, 
a person wants to join a chesidus, a person wants to call learn for his life, a person wants to live in Israel. You also need to ask somebody to help you. Is it is the, the ideal is beautiful, the shiva is beautiful. How does it fit you as a person? And 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 making those decisions are going to be the most important decision you make in life. And that's why having a combination of the ideal. Rafutni used to say, an idealist who's not a realist is somebody who has um, a check for a million dollars and he starves to death because he doesn't know how to cash a check. So being able to translate. Now, having said that, keeping a cash over at Yisrael no matter what, even if you're strong little woodmere, it's very possible spending a lot of time at Yisrael. People can take their families in the summer, depending on everyone's situation. There might be places that sound more alluring, but being able that the child should feel comfortable with Israel, and keep touching base with Israel, especially for those of you who've had years of yeshiva, that you can come back to yeshiva and reconnect. Israel is the place. So living there permanently in Pinos and growing the kids is one thing, but keeping the chibur with Israel is, is extremely, I, I think, it's extremely beneficial. It, and, and we try our best. Our 25 years that we live in Israel was is the most beautiful part of my life. Um, and I went because I felt that was the right move. My rebellion felt and, and, and so on. But we try to be here every summer. Wife is there. Whole summer, I, again, I'm caught up with yeshiva and I can't always. But the times I come back now, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm not coming to visit Israel. For me, it's a chibur with something that's very ruchni and, 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 and full of chiyas. It says chayim. So keeping a, a, a personal cash on itself, they, they, they've started having now yachikalas, where people come for a week to learn Meyeshiva or, or whatever. Those are so, it, it combines at Yisrael with the Ruchni that's at Yisrael, with the Torah at Yisrael. So whatever, wherever it's appropriate for you to settle, but keeping that chiyus, that connection at Yisrael, I think no matter what, the person should make a lot of ishtadas for that. Is feminist ideology in any way compatible with Torah? So the short of it is no, and I'll explain to you why. <laughs> Any ideology that starts with what do I think, what do I want, is automatically not Torah. A person has to ask them, what's the role of a woman? What's the role of a man? What's the role of a person? I need to open up a Torah and understand it and learn it without preconceptions. Is it true that society has made unfair restrictions on women? The answer is yes. Is there a reason why a woman can't be an engineer except for kind of snobbiness of some sort? The answer is no. There's no reason why a woman can't be an engineer, and that's, that's, a, that's something that society put in. On the other hand, the Torah clearly paints a picture of different roles. A woman cannot be a king. A woman cannot be in Sanhedrin. A woman cannot say Adas. Do I understand why? Some of it, yes. Some of it, I think. Some of it doesn't make a difference. It's, it's not, and I need to recognize that. The Torah placed less misses on a woman, but made the woman the bedrock of who we are. When people think back of their memories, of, of, of their inner spiritual self, the mother standing and lighting Shabbos candles, with, 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 with kind of misted eyes is probably the most powerful ruchnistic memory that we have. Even people who have 
people who have gone violently rejected their abeyim and their fathers still choke when they think of their mothers and their mothers in a spiritual connection. There's something about a woman that is pure, soft, deeply emotional that if we, we, Baruch Hashem, can't dislodge. I once said, it says, Shema Bani Musa Vicha, listen to your father's Musa, Baltitash Torah and don't leave your mother's Torah, don't leave it. I said, the father's Torah you have to make an effort to listen to. The mother is inbaked in you. You have to not reject it. So, the, what a woman contributes to a family is much deeper. I, I, there was a cute story, but it's, it's more than just a cute story. It has a, a, there was a Chabad Shliach to some yuppie community that he invited, <coughs> he invited the community for an evening together when he moved in, and they were a bit antagonistic. And one of them asked him, what does your wife do? Like, and he said, she runs an orphanage for nine unwanted kids. They said, wow, that's amazing. Until they found out it's her nine kids. Now, it's, so it's cute, so it's a chachma, but what's the pshat in that? Why is it that if I raise ten kids of somebody else's, I'm a heroine? And my own kids, they, they, they come from nothing? My own kids raise themselves? What a mother puts in, it, it, a mother puts into every, we don't appreciate it. It, it. When children are raised in institution, they all eat the same salad, or they don't eat. When a mother um, raises children, every child, I remember myself, this one doesn't like onions, so he gets back to onions. This one wants an extra cucumber, extra cucumber, snap. It, is that silly? No. It makes the child feel special, wanted. The fact that the mother will always somehow at the end be forgiving, it builds in something to a child. Why is it that we can't begin to appreciate it? And, and, and that's why drawing any ideology that started outside of Torah always means incorporating ideas that are not Torah. And, and, and so some of the points they make might be valid, might be very valid. But just absorbing the ideology, it's not coming from Torah, how did a Kach make me? It's starting with, I resent the fact that I'm not like that. So, the Nikud of Emesis of Taylor, we need to learn how to apply it. It's true in modern society, women have a lot more spare time. You don't have to stand and scrub laundry with your hand, you have to set. They need to, to be able to find a meaningful self-expression outside the home, together with the home. You know, there's a lot of things that we adjust because life is different. But that the bedrock that the Kachbaruch meant have is called ankle height. It's not just the biology. But at the end of the day, a mother is our deepest sense of warmth, love, kindness, everything. And that's, and that's something that no man can replace. That, that's, the, that's the gift. That's how Kachbaruch meant about women. Why is there always such a focus on Gemara when there are so many other environment subjects within Torah to be studied? Um, so, so the answer, I, I think, is twofold. The first thing is the the, the Gemara is the Torah that we have, and it is the bedrock for everything else. Any safer is as valid as it can base itself on somewhere in Torah Shabbat, which is the Talmudim. That's that is our sense of what is Emes. You can explain it in different ways. You can interpret it in different ways. You can say it in different languages.
but but the solidity. I once saw something that bothered me too f- from people and um, rabbanim. Th- th- there was like a whole discussion about a parish in the Torah, long discussion, pages long. There wasn't a single mention of a Gemara, a Medrash, or Rishon. It was almost like I would pick up a secular book, and I'm an intelligent person, you're an intelligent person, we discuss. What do you think the message of the author is? How would you have written it? What's the, the you know, which character did you like the best? It, what we have, a, Torah tells us not only Torah should be sad. So, learning that everything has to come back to the Gemara. I once was, I, I used to learn with a, a person, he was, he's a supported yeshiva, he's a reformed Jew, very nice person, good person. And he asked me, and he said that, you see the rabbis, if they wanted to, they could um, do whatever they want. They, they made the principle and abolished Shemitah. I said, you know, you're not the first person to make that point. I said, let's look at the Gemara. I said, the Mishnah mentions principle. The Gemara asks, how can you make a principle if the Torah said you have to be Meshamit? I said, guess what? You know what the answer is? Checkmate. They can only work under certain circumstances. The, the accountability, what a Gemara learning teaches you is there's accountability. And if, if it doesn't match up to the given, then it's wrong. So getting that discipline, that inner discipline, is very important. And there's another reason why at this stage it's so important. Many Sfarim can be learned, even if you have a little bit of time during the day, even if you have other things going on, to get a real ability to understand from the bottom up, this is the tkuf in your life when, you, when you're unencumbered by other things, when you have the time and the energy and the freedom to do it. And that's why in yeshivas, especially at this age, it's very stressful. What are the most important mitzvahs for a Talmud in yeshiva to learn both Bukhiyas and Bikiyan? And how does one make their learning entirely lishma? <laughs> well, the second part, I guess when I get there, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> call back, don't call me, I'll call you. Um, but let's, let's take, um, let's take the, the first part. There are two general goals in learning. And in yeshivas, it's been traditionally divided up in EMBQs. There is the ability to hammer at something until you get a deeper understanding. That's called Ion, Lambdas. And it gives the people a tremendous sense for the depth of Torah. And then there's walking away with real knowledge. It tends to be two different types of mesectus. The mesectus that you feel you got a sense of. A person learns Megillah, and he knows it. So when it comes to Purim, you have a real sense of things, and that's extremely gratifying, and it makes you understand how much better you understand the halacha, where you understand what comes from a Mishnah, what the Gemara learned Pshat the Mishnah, which Machloks Mishonim, what Aponim added. So that's one type of Limud. On the other hand, the Mesechtes that tend to give a person a better sense of the depth of, of it is um, what's called Nashim the hard Mesechtes, that are less relevant, but they grapple with greater principles. Rev Salvechik had a unique gift, and in, in some of his farm they have on more Adim, he's able to bring out some of the depth in, 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 in things that no one else found it, in, in Moed, and, and his, and his farm on Moed, 
said that the two sets of shurim they put out, the, the two, um, what are they called, Megad? Harry Kedem. Harry Kedem. Um, sure, because I, 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 I don't know the Harry Kedem. gives you a taste of a, a beautiful depth, halachic depth, in, in a moed. Um, but but it, it, generally speaking, broad strokes, the mesechtas that deal with practical day-to-day matters give you a sense of actually knowing something. And the other mesechtas, the traditional shivish mesechtas, give you a sense of the depth of things. So so it's sort of two different types of learnings, and the shivas tend to present it as the keys and you. How do I know which rabbi to trust? Like when one rabbi says it's okay to interpret parts of the Torah as allegorical, and another says it's literal. Or one rabbi says you can have coffee in a Starbucks, and another says no. Do <laughs> want to ask his shilos to an halach and hashkafa? Do I choose the rabbi based on hashkafa, or do I get my hashkafa from my rabbi? So, what a person needs to do is um, get a sense of what emesis. In other words, A, choosing a posake based on what's more convenient is like choosing a doctor based on who requires less drastic treatment. Um, you know, yes, this doctor says you don't need to be treated, but, but I might be really ill. I'm not looking for cooler. I'm looking for, for what... As you're in yeshiva, and let me give you another another um, guideline. Most of us don't live in the world of specialized medicine. We have our family doctor, we've got to know and trust. We're comfortable with him both as a person, his integrity, his knowledge, and that he will steer me right and he knows what he's talking about. And if I need specialized medicine, I'm going to ask him to recommend somebody because that's how I work. So I have a doctor that I've developed this confidence, and he will tell me this. In the, year, in the formative years like now, the people in yeshiva that you've developed relationships, that you feel this person is a person I can look up to, and this is a person that his, his derrick in life is a derrick that fits me and, and will bring me to, to greater heights. I ask him for a recommendation. Where do I fit in? Where do I belong? Who should I go with? And who shouldn't I go with? And so, so especially, in, there, there may be no real right or wrong, but at least a sense of what's there. Choosing on convenience means that basically I'm cheating myself. Uh, I, when I'm looking for a sack or direction in life, I want to look for an emiss that brings me closer and higher. So your primary Rebbe, who guides you and says, these are the people that I feel, this is the Derech HaShayel Chobah. The other people, Kvotem and Kovah Munach, I'm not making any of but this is the Derech to go. Then, then a person should, uh, uh, that should be a Derech. There's another, God, I mean, there used to be an expression in Yeshiva by us, when somebody would say a Svara that was an outlier, like no one else had any Svara like it, they would say an expression, I'll say it in Yiddish, as which means, translated, if a person is traveling on a highway and there's not another car there at 8 o'clock at night, then he has to ask himself, where is the highway going to? 
Sahara? Like, what, what, like what, what's the Peshat? Nobody there. When you're on a highway that's crowded, it's obviously going to a place wh- where people need to go to, want to go to. If there's a derech, if, if, you, if you look at the people following a certain derech, and there's a type of people that you feel are Shlomi Muni Yisrael, they're honest, sincere people going on a road of Yiddishkeit, there is a sense that, that that's inappropriate. If it's a place where the people are kind of outliers, where it's strange, where it's not, it's, then you ask yourself, where's the road going to? So the best way is through a primary Rebbe, and a general guide, if a shita in halacha, you can have very big shitas. And, and if it's an outlier, then it's, it's krodom komamunach. Let's take a look at the Rambam. The Rambam in halacha, is Mishnah Torah, um, is, is a sefer that is the heart of halacha. <coughs> there are disagreements, there are machlokas, there are places where the rival argues, places where the argue, and it comes to expression shukara. But the Rambam as a sefer is, is, is the Part of the consensus. Mordechai is an extraordinary work, and we showed him the Ritzvah goes out of his way to try to explain things. But but at the end of the day, certain of his sheetas are outliers. The Rambam didn't stop being a Rambam, but in, in the big picture of Acharabim Lahatos, I need to, uh, the Ramban and the Ra'ah and and everyone else has one way of going. The Rambam goes a very different way. The Rambam shita is the Rambam shita. But a person should stick to things that, in, 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 the, in the spirit of Akram Lahatos, there's a very broad consensus on something. That's a certain way to go. How should I relate to someone in my community who seems like a very fine person who is transgender? Very fine people can also do things that are not right. And we need to learn to distinguish between... Um, between actions and people. So this person is misguided. This person, this person is, is is doing something wrong and, and got it wrong. Does it mean he's a bad or an evil person? The answer is no. And it's a very important line. There, there, we we don't discriminate against people. We don't bend halacha. And sometimes it's very very difficult. But it has to be very clear. What's asr is asr. What's mutter is mutter. And, uh, and, uh, and if you feel this person sincere, doesn't take away. This person is sincere. This person thought so. He's misguided. He's wrong. What can you do? And, and, and in many areas, we're going to have to be like that. There, there are today, there are people that are reform, conservative, and so on, that are good people. They want to do right. They've been misled. So we need to treat the person well. And be very clear that we disagree 100%, and we think they're wrong in this area. And and being able to separate the two is a key to being able to to, to deal right. I'll say over something. Rav Salvechik writes this in his in, in I don't know if Allah one one is for him, a story from his father, a word from his father, which I think is a guiding light for for many areas. It says in Chazal that when Kachbroch created Adam, there was a, 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 an argument in Malachim. So he, cre- he asked Staka, should I create Adam? He said, for sure, people give a lot of Staka. He asked Emes, Emes said, no way, people lie through their teeth. He asked Chesed, and Chesed said, yes, people do Chesed. He asked Shalom, he said, no way, people are fighting always. 
So Akadish Baruch Hu dumped Emes overboard, and he was left two to one. You know, I'm sure you've heard about packing the Supreme Court. This is like unpacking the Supreme Court, and and depacking the Supreme Court, and and that was two to one. So he asked the obvious question on this Chazal. I mean, but it's still there. What, what's the, what, what did you gain? Emes is, maybe Emes is there, but Emes is screaming loud and clear that Adam Shemikade. So Moshalvechik said, people can be Emes and people can be Shalom. The two together is where they fail. In other words, if you're living well with other people, is acknowledging things that are wrong, validating things that are wrong, then you have Shalom, but you've sacrificed Emes for that. If you stand on principle to a degree where you, you, where, where you wrongfully um, um, destroy people, then you have emis. You don't have shalom. The real challenge is both. And we need to be able very clear about being able to tell somebody, I think so much of you, and I think you want to do what's right. I think you've been misled horribly. And what you've done and what you do is wrong. And, and it's very difficult because people are sensitive, people identify with whatever they think and believe, and very few people will say that what I think has been my most important life decision is wrong. But we have to be able to say it that way. And, and it's, it's, especially when somebody close, it's heart-wrenching. So we have to figure out ways how to say it where we make clear the two parts of the message. Which Muslim Mashava Sarm does the Rashiva recommend that Yeshiva guys learn during their years in Yeshiva? It's probably the hardest question to answer because the point of a Muslim Mashava Sefer is not what he says. The primary test is does it speak to me? My assumption is that anything that's printed by somebody reliable or written by somebody reliable has a good message. The difference lies does my ear hear this message? People, um, people's ears are different. And one person, this is inspiring. Other person, it's too simple. For third person, there's not enough emotion. For fourth person, it's overly sentimental. What I suggest doing, because it is important, look around and see what's firm other people find inspiring. Sit down for an hour or two and go through four or five sfarim that you find people like you find inspiring and see what speaks to you. That's the only measure for it. I mean, like all my life, different, different kufas in my life, different sperm have been over me. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to go through different things and, and get a sense of what are the things that talk to me. That's the purpose of a Muslim Seifa. That includes Hasidus? Includes except I, 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 I do want to have a bit of a I, I want to add a caveat. I myself get a tremendous amount from Chassidus as far as But you have to bear in mind that Chassidus firm are written in poetry, not in prose. In other words, you can't take it and use it as a statement of fact. As much as you're trying to hear the inner, the inner voice in it. So when people say, well, the Rebbe said this, I've said... And the, and, but the Rishon said this and said that. It's not the Rishonim spoke matter-of-factly. Um, the Sfarim are saying things that are ex- extremely rich mm-hmm. in beauty, but it's not coming to be used as a Kitzvah Shacharach Tashkafa. 
People will say other things from Rebbe Tzadik or the Ishvitzer, which sound hair-raising. In terms of, because the person flattened it out and took it as, someone once called, and we, we started a conversation with Chaim Shalevitz. A woman called me up and said, is it true that Chaim Shalevitz said the following? I'll, I'll tell the story, because it's, it's, it's a way to, in the Mir Yeshiva, was on the border. Believe it or not, the border with Jordan was Shmuel Navi Street. And the Mir Yeshiva was on the border. During the Six-Day War, it took a few hits. And the Bachram were in the Meklat, in the downstairs of the dining room. And there was one particular moment when it was a direct shell that shook the building, and they thought they're gone. And everyone screamed, Shai Yisrael, and, and, and they were learning in the Meklat for three, four days, and so on. Because many of the houses in Beis Yisrael neighborhood are um, old houses, they didn't have a Meklat. And there were neighbors that came in to use the yeshiva's dining room as Miklat. There was a woman there who lived next door to the yeshiva, two houses down. She had been in Aguna. Her husband left her 20 years before, just walked out. She was a very, very bitter, miserable woman, wretched life, poor. I think she had an alien father living with her. Her husband had just walked out on her, rejected her. Very, very difficult life. I didn't know much, but I saw once or twice I was there. Maybe. She, I don't know, but, but it was very, she was there also. And when the building began shaking from the shawls, everybody else tried to she screamed out and said, my husband has treated me wretchedly in ways that can't be described. I forgive him. You forgive us. And Abhaim said, it wasn't the Bachum's learning that saved us. It was that woman's cry. So she asked me, is it true? Abhaim said, I said, yes. But I want to give some context. Reb Chaim wasn't speaking as a very yekisha Bamusa. I counted how many mitzvahs essays are here, how many mitzvahs essays are here, how strong this mitzvah is, or that mitzvah, and I came to the conclusion. That wasn't the language he was using. He was speaking from the depths of his heart and emotion. Understand what rejection means, understand what bitterness is, and understand what it takes to forego. He was talking a different language. So, yes, Reb Chaim said it, but you can't repeat it in a classroom setting. Reb Chaim said, more important a woman being misfouled because her husband than Bachem learning. If you're saying that tone of voice, you're not translating the language correctly. Chassidish firms speak with an inner beauty, and the message resonates very strongly. But you can't then translate it and say, okay, so therefore, we'll use it as matter of fact. Is it a good hadracha? for a person to do the Maisa. It's not meant to be that way, it's not for our tzibur, but it's meant to, to, to kindle in us a certain regish And we have to learn how to pick up that regish and then to use our seichel and our rebeim to give us practical hadracha on how to go back. That's why um, there's a bit of alia b'kotzba. Chesidish's firm have a tremendous regish of kedusha, but you need to understand it's a certain language. It's not the language of halach lamais. If I want to maximize my kids' learning, then I would send them to a school where they learn all day. But if that isn't their topic, then they're going to be ill-equipped to do anything else after they're done learning. What should one do? Um, a, a, person, a, a person needs to start with the end. Like we said, in, in a community... There, there are, 
different communities. What community is my derrick? What what your child will be coming out of the school, chances are he will be like the general group of people who came out. If you feel the finished product of a certain yeshiva is in your eyes the appropriate finished product, that's where you should send the child to. It, it, you know, it, it's 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 not going to, it's not custom made. There's a mahalach. So the the place to choose for a child to learn is whether the children come out resemble the child, the, the boy you would like the child to be, that you feel is right. It's true that sometimes even if the general ruach is okay, but your child doesn't quite fit in because of personal reasons. That's sometimes in later years a reason to make some shift. But in general, picking the place where the ruach is, the ruach that's compatible with your sheifos, with your aspirations, is probably the right way to go with it. How does the Rosh Yeshiva say I should relate to friends who didn't come to Yeshiva for a year and could pull me down, but I could influence them? Um, so, two things. A person, uh, it, a lot of, we are very mushba by chevra. So if a person comes back and gravitates to chevra, very rarely does one person really have a shema another person as much as chevra has. The real danger is coming back to Hebra that now have very different values and ideals than I have. The positive part is a person, the first order of business when you come back, when you go back, is to find Hebra, Habura of people that share your values and aspirations. Um, and, and that's why going to a yeshiva of some sort is vital. If a person goes to a secular college, where's your Hebra? Where's your Habura? Nobody shares your she'ifa. In, in, in an environment where you have chabura of people, we have chevra, that their values, your values are in tune, that's, that's more critical than that particular friend. Two, you need to be an honest judge of yourself. Am I the type of person that tends to get swept along or not? Before we go, it's like when you see somebody drowning, you jump in and save the person, only if you have some degree of confidence that you can make it yourself, or else you're killing two people. So what you want to do is, you want to be honest with yourself and say, my particular friendship with him, the environment, which direction will it pull. And, and then, you know, like I said, keeping friendships, keeping things out is important. Rejecting things out of hand is a, is a price. And the person has to be honest with himself and ask himself, What's my setup that I keep in the direction that, I, that, I, that I've gotten on to? Final question. What are the biggest problems facing the Jewish community now in the U.S., in Kutzlars in general, in Eretz Israel? What is the greatest challenge of our generation, and what can we do about it? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not a spokesman for Kali Yisrael and, and, and so on. I can only share, I can only share uh, personal feelings. I'm in chinuch, you know, and so on. And it, it may sound different than what's uh, than what people normally people will want to say the internet or something else. I, I have a different aggression I'd like to share. We were created in a certain way that the, the key description of our creation is to earn our own way. Akarish Baruch Hu 
um, Akadish Baruch Hu did not want us to sit in Gan Eden from the get-go because of Nahama the Kisufa. He engineered the world that the world cannot enjoy something they didn't earn. So if I'm to ask myself, what is the core of a person? A desire to earn, accomplish. If, if, somebody, if somebody will come and say, you know what? I'm going to give you a doctorate from this university, that university, other university. You'd come and everybody would say wonderful things about yourself so far. Would I be happy with it? Down deep I wouldn't be happy because I didn't earn it. I donated money and now I'm a doctorate of, you know, some fancy title. And I wear a black hat, not yeshivish, but, you know, that there's square ones, and, 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 and everyone says wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Down deep, I feel hollow. The same thing is, so, that's what I first created. I still remember the tail end of a tkufa, when people earned money for something. You wanted a new bike, you had to earn it. You had to work all summer and earn it. What you had to with the bike you got, you bet you worked all summer long doing something rather than living papers or, or, or whatever it was, and you felt good. People put themselves through college. That was the norm. They did all sorts of odd jobs. Akadosh made us that core thing. People had to learn Gemara without much help. There wasn't the strength. You had to break your head. Is it, is it, is it rewarding? Very much so. So whatever we had was very rewarding because life was built around earning. And that's what a person is... And in Ruch is the same thing. Today, Baruch Hashem, we have a Shefa. The question is not earning the, the, the bike. The question is, Mom, which credit card should I use? The, the decision is between the, 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 which credit card will give you the more points for it. That's it. Do we, do, how many people... I don't know. I, 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 I don't know people's private lives. But the idea that things... It, it's, it's just a question of who picks up the tab. It's not... I never have to earn something. Do we have the attachment to things we have to earn? The answer is no. And we feel hollow. It's true about Ruchnis. People have asked me, as somebody who's a good person who wants the right things, he's comfortable with money. He's going to buy his, 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 his child a pair of film. He's going into a store and he's going to ask for the best film there is. And he has a credit card. Cost four thousand dollars, four thousand dollars, five, five, what's the difference? I told him no. That's not the way to do it. Buy him a Mahudid compared film. If he comes to Madrega where he learns the halachas and understands and he and he understands why he wants this particular from that particular and so on and so forth, and he works for it, then the sipuk, you know, sweating over something and and and, and seeing it come to fruition is what gives real meaning and attachment. It's why we have a problem with marriages. Everyone talks about the beauty of marriage and the being together in a life comfort and a soulmate. We have these beautiful, beautiful things about it. Is it true? Yes, if you work for it. Every marriage is a challenge. The two people have to make it together. It's, they're, not, they're not problems. The fact that two people are not the same is not the problem. It's what marriage is. Learning how to understand another person, being sensitive, working things through, and becoming a, a team because you schwitz. And that makes it. That, and, and life has challenges. And meeting those challenges and, and working through it and succeeding at the end of a challenge is earning something. 
we, we've lost that. So the word earning doesn't mean anything. The fact that people's earnings are so out of kilter with what they work they put in, you know, flipping a building, flipping a building. So it's one thing when somebody built a building, he schwitzed, he put a lot of work in, and made a nice profit. There's a sense of accomplishment. But when I bought a building for ten million and sold it for twenty million because whatever, do you really feel that that ten million is yours? No. And are you happy with it? You have a lot of money in the bank, but do you have that sense of realizing yourself? The answer is no. In in Ruchnius, as in Gashmius, because of the Baruch Hashem, the Shefa we have, when I was growing up, coming to Yeshiva was a struggle. Your parents didn't want, your surroundings thought you're crazy. They didn't have Yeshivas like this, in such buildings. I came to the mirror, there were straw mattresses. And I don't want to tell you the inhabitants of those mattresses, but we had company. They, you know, and, 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 and the food was nothing like home of that. But, but, and, and most everybody had to really, really work it through with their parents to come. Most parents were not interested. So the time there was meaningful. Baruch Hashem. I mean, it's incredible. I look at a, at a campus like this, at a binyan like this. It's marked that shadim. It's wonderful. But, but so translate your working into pushing yourself. So I'm not talking about crazy hours of learning, but having during Seder, being focused, not distracting during Seder. Believe me, that's a struggle, and that struggle doesn't take away from sleeping time, doesn't take away from downtime, but it means it's hard. We're not used to being focused for more than a few minutes or anything. But when you do it, and you schwitz, you feel you earned it. And there is no better time in the world. I think that that's a, a core of what, of, of, of what challenge, of the biggest challenge of our and, and we have the keys to really, to really make it. is timeless. It's just what they get. So Hashem, today, for a meal, we don't have to schwitz. So we should schwitz for something else. We should put our efforts and energy and earn our way. Hashem, I think it's a good place to, to, to finish off with. You're in a place that focuses on it and moving forward. You don't have to struggle with the silly stuff like the bed, like the food. You have it all. Struggle with the real things. Put your efforts and, and your energies into the, into the ruchnias. And and Hashem, whatever ruchnis you attain is going to be because you made it happen and guided by your faith. Hashem, a lot of love. Amen. Amen.